Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. My Marketing Monologue. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill with My Marketing Monologue. Yes, this is my podcast, Bob Cargill's marketing show. This is episode 164. Often I will have guests and we'll do interviews. Often I'll have short monologues, if you will, short little bits. Well, today I am winging it, if you will. I am improvising, speaking extemporaneously in recording this for viewing later. I'll put it who knows where on social media and I'll put it up as number 164. My episode 164 for Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Hey, how are you all doing? I hope you are doing really, really, really well. I hope things are going ridiculously awesome for each and every one of you. I have lots to talk about. I have some notes in front of me. I have some things up here. And like I say, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to talk about what's been going on in my life the last few weeks and point out some great examples, if you will, of marketing and social media and share it all with you soon, soon after I press stop, after I press stop on this recording. So I got my phone right here recording on Podbean. I got a mic right here. I got a webcam right here. We are doing it in a multitude of ways. You all know, I think, that I am an adjunct professor And this is something that has happened to me, if you will, serendipitously in the last three, four, five years. I left the full-time corporate world in the spring of 2017. So we're talking a little more than five years ago. I've had a bunch of clients during that time. I started teaching early in that stage of my journey. And now I'm teaching an awful lot. It's becoming almost a full-time gig. And I love, love, love it. So, yeah, I can't wait. And I'm seriously, I'm serious. (laughs) When I wake up in the morning, I speak very, very seriously about this topic because I live, breathe, sleep, work it. And it's really not work. It's so enjoyable. I wake up in the morning and I can't wait to get into Boston and teach at the not one, not two, but three different universities, outstanding universities that I am blessed to be able to teach at. And that is Suffolk University, Mass College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, MCPHS, and Northeastern University. So I teach principles of marketing. I teach social media. I teach Digital Era Skills, those are the courses I'm teaching this fall. Keeps me very, very busy, keeps me on my toes, literally. All the walking around I do in Boston, all the standing I do while I teach. I'm very animated, kind of like I am all the time. If you know me, if you see me on camera, on social, if you hear me, you might be able to, just by hearing my voice, detect that. Yeah, full of energy, a bundle of energy. But let me tell you, after... My days in Boston, which are very, very long, get up early, do some work, head into Boston, come home late often. I'm, I've given it my all. I've left it all 
in the classroom. I've left it all on social media. That's how I roll. Wake up, social media. Before I go to sleep, social media. Many times during the day, social media. And otherwise, I'm in front of students. I am in front of the camera, behind the microphone. I just love sharing. I love sharing. And I'm blessed. Again, I really feel blessed. I'm grateful to be able to be teaching, being able to share the the knowledge and expertise, whatever knowledge and expertise I have picked up over the years, over the 35 plus years in my career. I just feel so good being able to share that with a younger generation of students. So there's that. And in the number of years since I left full-time corporate world, I also wrote my book, 20 Jobs, 20 Lessons, A Long, Strange Career in Marketing from Junk Mail to Social Media. And I'm psyched about that. That was published in June. Took me three years to write, about a half a year to get published, self-published on Amazon. So it is available on Amazon. You can look it up, find it, download it, or buy the paperback version of that book. And let me know what you think. Write a review. Tell me what you think. Once you do read it, people are giving me very, very positive feedback. It's all the different jobs I've had during the course of my career up until a few years ago. And two surprise jobs. One, frankly, before my professional career. And one, right after I left the corporate world, part-time job. You might be surprised that I had for a little while. I talk about that and actually what it taught me about marketing. I'm always immersing myself in the world of marketing, wherever I am in the world. And what I mean by that, if I see a billboard, if I see a piece of mail, if I am online, all the ads I see, social media, I'm always tying it back to marketing because in a way we are always marketing and selling. Whether it's overt, traditional, digital, marketing, advertising, PR, social media, or just you and me, in the course of our daily lives. We are personal brands. Everybody has to sell something in order to get by in life. So we have to be persuasive to a point and we have to have something to offer. Remember, marketing is an exchange of value. So what do we as personal brands, what do we as human beings have to offer that is of value to others? That is marketing. And again, I'm saying we are all in marketing to a degree, whether we know it, whether we like it or not. So that's teaching. And in the classroom, I love to show, we cover all the basics, all the principles of marketing and social media, how to, theories, strategies, tactics. But I also show a lot of the videos I record. And we're talking, I have over 300 social media videos on YouTube that I share all across social media. And again, now in the classroom, I have over 300 motivational videos. That's somehow taking on a life of its own. It's my alter ego. This might be my alter ego. Whenever I'm in front of a camera, I try to turn it on, maybe crank it up a notch or two and inspire people, motivate people. And again, whether that's exactly what I'm trying to do, focusing on those motivational videos, or if I'm focusing on marketing and social media, 
and PR and advertising business in general, life skills in general. I'm trying to inspire others. I'm trying to motivate others, trying to pass it down, pass it off to colleagues, students, friends, family, complete strangers, whoever will listen. Um, In the classroom, we have been doing something really, really cool, I think, in my classes, and that is Twitter Spaces. Twitter Spaces is audio conversations. You can open up to anybody, if you want, public, who's on Twitter, and you host it, and you can have co-hosts. You can invite people, if you will, up to the microphone, up to the stage. You can give people, a lot of people, a chance to talk. And I started doing it in the classroom last spring. It was a big hit. So we're doing it this fall again. And I find there are a variety of benefits to these Twitter spaces. Starting with the students, first and foremost. Learn from outside guests, whoever joins, okay? And I suppose that includes myself because I host the event. I, I take the lead, starting things off, and I try to intermittently point out lessons and tips and, and real-world case studies where I see that being beneficial to the students. But the students also get a chance to speak. And... Speaking skills are undervalued, if you ask me, especially in this day and age with technology being so prevalent. So I like to encourage my students to be comfortable, and I tell them this is a safe place, the classroom with me, very supportive teacher, very supportive adjunct professor. I get your back. That's what I tell the students. I really do. And so I encourage them to speak up, and they could be speaking to people from who knows where around the world. We do get guests from different places around the world, literally, in different time zones. And these are experts. These could be just anybody. But in most cases, they're names that I know, people that I know, who are well-known in the industry, well-known thought leaders, well-known experts, and the students get to listen to them and talk to them and engage with them. So... There are so many benefits, and they're also learning technology. They're learning Twitter. They're learning the social in social media. So I thank the students for participating, and they are going above and beyond, and they are learning, again, some real-world skills in what social media is all about. It's not just automation and, and selling and posting and marketing and tweets after tweet, tweet after tweet, multitude of tweets. Sure, it's a lot of that, but it's also conversations. It's also supporting others. It's also helping others and being helped by others and connecting with others and community. And that's what Twitter Spaces is all about. (sighs) Thanks to the people, you know who you are, who have joined me and my students in these Twitter Spaces. And I I just want to make sure I mention that. Yeah, Twitter Spaces. So many other things I could talk about, and who knows how long I'll be with you during this episode, episode 164 of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. I have written down Amazonization. (laughs) Amazonization. We talk a lot about Amazon in the classroom. Amazon dominates. 
pretty much everyone uses Amazon, and that's saying a lot. You know, we take it for granted. It's become so normalized that, you know, I'm here in my home office. There's windows in front of me, and the delivery trucks go by all day, this way, that way. And we now, you know, take that as, as that's, you know, a day in the life um, on the streets and the neighborhoods and the cities in the suburbs, in the country, delivery trucks. And yes, that's delivery and convenience, which is the premium now when it comes to marketing and sales. And Amazon did that, (laughs) whether you like that or not. Most of us as consumers like that. As business people, there are definitely some business people who wouldn't like that because because of Amazon, a lot of mom-and-pop stores, small stores, can't compete successfully anymore and probably have gone out of business. So because I can, and I'm sure you've done this, order something in the morning and get it delivered to me in the afternoon or evening via Amazon. Why go to the store? My kids, me, my wife, Amazon, Amazon Prime, almost, you know, between the four of us, maybe every day. And I'm seriously, I'm serious. Instead of going to the store, and I'm sure You are like that. I know most of my students are like that. And I'm not saying every day for all of us. But the more in your family, the more likely it might be every day you're shopping via Amazon. And that's the Amazonization of business, of marketing, of sales, of the world. And that's a big, big disruptive trend in in how we do business. And what's happening is... Most businesses, brands, are finding ways to deliver their products and services, to deliver them, either being sold online and delivered via app, you know, food, delivery, you you name it. We are cocooning more and more in our homes. The pandemic accelerated that trend and not going out and, and talking Again, behind the microphone, in front of the camera, sending it off into the uh, interwebs, if you will. And, and that can be our jobs. And, and why deal with traffic? Why deal with finding the right store, trying things on? You can get clothes sent to you, try them on at home, return them to Amazon. You can, you know, their return policies are, are you know, out of this world. More and more stores, if not all stores, now have the same kind of return policies in order to compete in other words, you know, no questions asked. We'll take it back. Um, but again, those stores, those retail operations, those brick and mortar stores, really had to compete with with the Amazonization of, of business. So that's something I wanted to mention. Hum, humanization, humanizing brands and businesses. We have talked about that in the classroom because of social media, because of people being so particular and expectations being so high. Hey, how can those brick and mortar stores, brands, businesses compete by being more human? So when we do go to the store, we expect the human touch. We expect, you know, to be treated with respect and and courteously and helpfully. And and that's humanizing a brand, literally. But when I say humanizing a brand, I'm also, if not more so, talking about putting a face on your brand and being friendly, whether it's human to human, 
I'm just showing that you get it, showing empathy. A couple examples, um, Dove with their commercials during the pandemic, they said, you know, wash your hands early on in the pandemic, but we don't care what soap you use. So that's being empathetic, that's being human, showing, hey, we're right there with you. Someone pointed out that Uber did something similar. Don't don't look for, you know, ride sharing um, with Uber, something like that early on in the pandemic because it was too dangerous. And, and, and so they were saying, you know, stay home, something like that. And I think of Elon Musk with Tesla, different kind of humanization, but literally a human, very successful human, putting a face on the brand because he's so in the news, I'm sure that helps Tesla sell vehicles. It's listening. It's listening to your audience. It's when the other day I shouted out in a good way, Sirius XM for their on the phone customer service, but I shouted them out on Twitter and they responded. So it's listening to your audience. It's supporting your audience. It's giving your audience the benefit of the doubt. It's being genuine. It's being immediate. It's being transparent. It's taking people behind the scenes. It's showing them how things go with regard to your business, with regard to your employees. It's, again, being ultra supportive. It's being treating customers like family and friends. That's the humanization of your brand. Hey, AMA Boston, you know, maybe you don't, but you do know that I'm president of AMA Boston, the American Marketing Association, Boston chapter. And we had an event with Suffolk University recently and the guest speaker, yes, was ridiculously awesome. That's Don Batsford, Don Batsford, head of industry at Google. And this was just a couple of nights ago. And I was there, as were about 70 or 80 others, a lot of students, mostly students from Suffolk University. Great presentation by Don Batsford. A couple things I wanted to mention. He was talking all about, you know, marketers in 2022 and beyond, and, and of course, a lot of things Google-related. But there were a couple things he said. One I really, really liked, and it was in relative to a question I asked, you know, how do marketers be creative empaths? And that was his, his term, be a creative empath, empathy, understanding, walk, understand your audience, walking in their shoes. Um, so how would a creative, like a copywriter or a creative director, anyone who's creating the marketing materials, how do you pivot and be that creative empath in this day and age with so much competition? And he told a great story and funny, I told him, I'm going to, relate his story to others, and here I am doing that, crediting Don Batsford, of course, from Google. But he said it's like a pantry, and you got a lot of food in that pantry, and these are your creative assets. And the food, you know, might be cans and, and jars and, and packages, boxes, bags, but they're different creative assets to market to people wherever they are. And I'm paraphrasing now. I'm, I'm embellishing riffing on on his riff if you will it's like a pantry is your creative assets and it's something for everybody wherever they are and to me that's like the social media uh world and and could be the traditional world could be outdoor advertising could be print could be mail as i as i showed you mail i got magazines down here too that would be print 
um, yeah, print signs, signage. So, you know, social, email, website, creative assets, multitude of them, like a pantry, multitude, variety of food. And, and I just like that analogy. And the other thing he said to one of the students' questions, I can't remember the question, but he emphasized the importance of being a thought leader, as I do in the classroom. And he said, you want to tell people stories. I've been saying that a long time in a different way. So Don and I, I think, are, are, are thinking the same same way, like mind, like minds, um, great minds. That's the expression, think alike. Don, you're greater mind than, than me. Um, but uh, pardon me for, for placing myself in, in your category to tell this story because Don is ridiculously smart, ridiculously smart, way, way, way smarter than me. Um, but the thought leader idea is something I stress, like he was stressing the other night. Tell me a story. He said something like that. And what I always say is, students, you want to have case studies and stories in your back pocket, figuratively speaking, so you can pull them out, figuratively speaking, and and recite them when you're interviewing for a job. Recite them in the elevator, your elevator pitch when you're with someone you're trying to impress, um, you know, teacher or the dean of the school or or the CEO at a certain business who you're trying to impress. You want stories. You want case studies. You're going to learn that way, number one, but you're also going to be able to impress others and share that content with others. So those are two things. Actually, as I look at my notes, I'm going to give you a third thing. Those are two things, and here's a third thing. So it's the pantry uh, in creative assets analogy. Have a multitude of creative assets, like a pantry has a multitude of food. The thought leader thing and in, in telling people stories. And he said something about be algorithm whisperers. And what that means is you need to know. I certainly am right there with him when he says this. I wish, though. That was an algorithm whisperer. That means know what plays well on social media and on the web and in digital communications. Know what people are going to respond to. So that means you got to be testing and learning. And that means you got to, yeah, have a little something here, there, everywhere so that you see what works and then you focus on where your people are, where they're responding, etc. So... Don Batsford, great, great presentation the other night. Don Batsford from Google at the, the AMA Boston Suffolk University co-hosted event. Hey, I'm going to now scroll on my left-hand monitor to my Twitter and tell you a few quick things that I have shared lately. So it's twitter.com, the Bob Cargill is my handle, the Bob Cargill, and I share a lot of content, and I tell students to do this. I tell people to do this, clients to do this. You want to try to be in as many places as possible. And there's different ways to do that. You can do video like I'm doing right now, audio like I'm doing right now. You can tell stories. You can quote people. You can share articles. I do that an awful lot. You can share what you're doing, where you are in the moment. Instagram stories, you can Facebook stories, there are reels, you know, short videos. People do care, believe it or not, what you're eating for lunch. Because that used to be a joke, who cares, you know, what so-and-so is eating for lunch, you know, on social media. I don't care. Well, 
I have seen time and time again that people actually do care, and maybe I'm exaggerating to make my point, but they want to know where you are. Your friends, your family, your customers, your contacts, your clients, they care about what's going on behind the scenes. So that's what I mean when I say be transparent, be authentic, be genuine, be immediate, because the more they see you and hear from you and get to know you, the more likely they'll be to like you and respect you and trust you. Therefore, all of that equals the more likely they'll be to do business with you when the time comes, when the opportunity arises. So share. And those are called, by the way, parasocial relationships. And I have to credit Mark Schaefer with turning me on to that. He wrote years I was going to say years ago. It was only probably within the last year, maybe two years ago. Maybe it was years ago, about parasocial relationships. And he said it's akin to back in the 60s and 70s. I guess that's where the term came from, something like that. Again, paraphrase is how I recall the story going. When people would watch TV shows, they felt like they knew their favorite TV stars, the stars of the shows, because they saw them all the time. They heard them. They felt like they knew them. That's a parasocial relationship. On social media, same thing. Hey, humanization of brands, same thing. If you can make it such that people see you so often, they feel they know you, that's a parasocial relationship. And then when they meet you in person, or even if they never, ever, ever do, there is a relationship. Virtual versus the real world in real life, there's very little difference, if any difference in 2022 and beyond. That's why it pays off big time to have that conspicuous in your presence, presence on social media, on the web, using, embracing digital communications. You want to be so everywhere, within reason, of course. Again, not all of this is possible but so everywhere that people are going to see you popping up here, there, and everywhere. And yes, they're like, hey, I know him. Hey, I know her. I know them. I like hearing from them, even if they're just eating lunch, even if they're just walking down the street, even if they're just talking, rambling from their home office. That helps me get to know them. That means they're just like me. And so many in the last 10, 20 years, thought leaders, experts, Consultants, books, articles, brands, businesses have talked about this, have embraced this, and have therefore become very, very successful. Those who haven't, those who don't get it, mm -mm. they're submerging while the others are emerging. They're going up while the others are going down because they are getting it. They are getting business in the year 2022 and be on. So parasocial relationships. I got off on that tangent because I said I was going to scroll briefly through my Twitter. But on my Twitter, I share pictures of what I am doing. It could have me in the picture. It could just be, hey, great fall foliage on the Boston Common while I walk through the Boston Common in between classes. Articles such as a graduate landed a job offer his perfect role five days after standing on a busy street with his resume on display. That was from MSN.com. 
great story. This kind of old school marketing, but it's guerrilla marketing, by the way, a term, a legit term. And that means doing things differently to stand out guerrilla marketing. Oh, and I took a picture with three Suffolk University students who interviewed me about leadership. And I loved having that opportunity. And and I I thank them, Tina, Emelise, and, and Hannah. Um, they were so, so nice to interview me for a class project and, and talk about leadership. And that is a subject of mine I take to heart. I have been lucky to have had numerous leadership opportunities during the course of my career, especially lately, and I love that. And and I tell my students, embrace that early on in your life journey because it will benefit you big time. Very, very few people, there's a small percentage in general, want those leadership opportunities. I use this expression or, or story or equation loosely for a lot of things, um, and it works. 99-1. So out of 100, 90 of 100 people likely will be on the sidelines. So they don't want to lead. And again, you can apply this. You know, they don't want to speak. They don't want to raise their hand. They don't want to be in the game. Generally speaking, 90%. Nine want to be in the game, but they're not desirous of being the quarterback or the leader or doing all the speaking or heavy lifting, if you will. But they want to be in the game. Only 1% want to lead, want to have the ball and run with it, want to block and tackle, want to do all the work required and then some. They will exceed expectations. And I tell people, you want to be the 1% of that 1%. And anybody can do it. It's just heart, desire, drive. I'm looking through my Twitter. McDonald's, their limited edition adult Happy Meals. Happy Meals for for grown-ups are selling out everywhere. I have not gotten one yet. But apparently you get these little little toys with the Grimace, the Hamburglar, the Birdie, and the Cactus Buddy. But if you get one of them, you're, you're lucky. And apparently they're reselling on eBay. That's what this story says. And this is a CNBC.com story. Interesting. And finally, I'll end with Forrester, a story I shared the other day. Do you know... What percentage of dollars will be spent by holiday shoppers this holiday season? And I was surprised it's this low. It says one in four dollars will be spent online. So so what I was asking is, do you know the percentage that will be spent online versus in the store? Only one, only one in four dollars. That's 25%. I thought it would be higher, but that's still a significant number and apparently increasing um, over the years of course uh quite a few articles about tiktok i am on tiktok i could use it a lot more hey one of the most recent tweets i shared was taylor swift very prolific artist very talented artist superstar businesswoman knows how to do it how to put great music out there how to market herself how to be a great role model for for people um 
such as myself and 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 people all over the world. Taylor Swift, good for her and her fans, and that includes me. Um, there's my Twitter. There's, I think, episode 164 of, of Bob Cargill's marketing show, and I started off by saying it's my marketing monologue. I hope you have enjoyed listening. I'll do this again. This wasn't too hard. One take, just wrote a bunch of notes down, recording it on video. Might put the whole thing out there. Might create a few uh, snippets and put them out there too. I got the audio right here that will go on Podbean probably this weekend. I'll upload it and publish it early next week. That would be my plan. Hey, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, I hope everything is going ridiculously, awesomely well for you. Stay in touch. Follow me on social media. Let me know how I can help you. I love helping others with regard to marketing, social media, PR, advertising, business in general, or just being a friend. We should all be very supportive, very helpful of each other. The world is not getting any easier in which to live. So we we need all the friends we can get, and we need all the good people out there to to rise above and, and spread the goodness. And um, so I'm calling on you to do that. I try my best to do that day in and day out. Hey, thanks for listening. Bob Cargill signing off. Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, episode 164. I will see you. I will talk to you again in the near future. Thanks so much.